You're listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast, your primary source of information related to the hospitality industry in Washington State. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, Today, before we get, I introduce our guests, I'm going to take care of a little bit of housekeeping. Um, We have two more webinars coming up this month before everybody leaves for Thanksgiving. Um, We have Seattle Police Department Chief Adrian Diaz coming in Monday at 2 p.m. That's a different time for our webinar, so make a note of the time. And he's going to talk about public safety and keeping your business, guests, and employees safe. And then on September 29th, we will have Sandeep Soli. He will talk about pitfalls in extending your property lease. And he's also a member of our advisory network. If you have a need to speak with, you know, with legal assistance or any other topics, we have our advisory network. And as members, you guys can get 30 minutes of free consultation with any of them a year. And you just need to reach out to your territory manager to do that. Uh, Today, We are speaking with Lieutenant Olson from the Washington State Department of Fish and Wildlife Police. And he's gonna talk about what you need to do um, to avoid buying poached seafood and shellfish. Um, Not the cooking kind, but the illegal fishing kind. If you would like to ask questions, we will do this at the end of the presentation. Be sure to type them into the Q&A and we can ask them on the air. We will be, we are recording this and we will have it up on our website later on today, along with the presentation slides. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and introduce Lieutenant Eric Olson. Good morning. Well, good morning. Thank you very much. I appreciate the introduction and I appreciate the invite. So obviously this presentation is uh, for uh, Washington Fish and Wildlife Police and our role in regulating the fish and shellfish in the commercial marketplace. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about our department uh, and what you need to know as it pertains to selling, shipping, and buying fish and shellfish. I mean, some of you may not know who we are, um, but by the end of this presentation, I hope I uh, remedy that. And uh, I'll just be frank, I don't expect you to remember everything I'm going to talk about, um, because. but my goal is to provide you with a framework uh, for you to look at the, look up the information yourself um if the need arises and i'm sure there'll be plenty of questions um so i want to leave enough time to be able to address those so this presentation is about 30 minutes long uh and uh and hopefully if we can't answer all the questions or you know uh if we just it just doesn't present itself then i'll certainly provide you with my contact information and be more than happy to uh answer any questions uh, down the road so with that i'll I'll get started here. Um, So as uh, she just said, I'm Lieutenant Eric Olson. Uh, I supervise the sergeants in uh, what we call Region 4. Our our department is broken up into six regions. And my boss is Captain Jennifer Marstad. She's actually on the call here, if you see her screen there. I don't know if you want to say hi, Captain. (laughs) There you go. Good morning, everybody. So region four is the most populated region uh, for our department. As you can see, it has uh, six counties. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about myself, I've 
<clears throat> been a lieutenant just uh, shy of a year now, so not very long. Before that, I was a sergeant for 11 years for the Central Puget Sound Marine Detachment. Um, that detachment is primarily responsible for the commercial marketplace. Commercial marketplace uh, essentially consisting of freight forwarders, cold storage facilities, restaurants, airports, things of that nature. And uh, the uh, before that, I was an officer for nine years uh, in the same detachment doing the same thing. So I kind of became this person that uh, just had to know the information. And so uh, that's how I kind of became someone who's, uh, I, don't, I don't like to use the word expert, but someone that knows this stuff because they had to. <laughs> So I want to be able to hopefully uh, share that with you and a little bit about our department. So we are the uh, oldest state law enforcement agency. Uh, we were created in uh, 1887 uh, from a territorial governor uh, for the fisheries patrols. And uh, we have, uh, we're regulated by a commission who's appointed by the governor. The governor appoints those commissioners and staggered terms, and there's nine of them. Uh, we, uh, the commission, uh, appoints our director who is currently, uh, Kelly Suswin and the, uh, uh, and the director, uh, appoints our chief who is chief Steve bear. And then the deputy chief is, uh, Paul Golden, who are, who Captain Marstead reports to. And you can see the breakdown there of, uh, you know, captains and sergeants and officers. And we do have a number of vacancies. Uh, we're not nearly as, uh, uh, we're not in nearly as bad shape as uh, as some of the other departments uh, around the state for law enforcement. We're actually doing pretty good, believe it or not. Uh, but we do have 36 vacancies, so we are always looking to uh, fill all those. Um, and we have a very unique inspection authority that really is only for Fish and Wildlife officers. Uh, and that is these RCWs here. These are Vice Code of Washington. And uh, this is the, uh, what we call a Recreational Inspection Authority, 080. And this is our Commercial Inspection Authority. We call it just 096. Title 77 is Official Wildlife Code. So if you ever wanted to, to type those into Google or anything and look it up, it's, uh, it's, it's informative. Uh, it does uh, outline our authority and, uh, and our uh, warrantless inspection authority over these uh the commercial entities that are shipping, buying, uh, selling uh, fish and shellfish. And we also have general law enforcement authority. We have the same, same authority as the state patrol. Um, we're, uh, uh, we're the only two statewide law enforcement agencies. Uh, and we're obviously dispersed all throughout the state. Now, the difference is, too, we also have federal commissions. We're commissioned by National Marine Fisheries Service. Uh, to enforce all the federal fisheries, as well as U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service to enforce the uh, wildlife uh, for federal issues. Um, that comes in handy uh, when we're working in a lot of uh, what we call Lacey Act cases. Lacey Act is just when it transfers over state lines or international lines, uh, and it's illegal. So if something was poached in another state and brought into Washington um, or poached in another country or was posted in Washington and went you know, out of state, um, those are the things we're talking about. And our federal commissions give us the ability to work with the federal government to be able to um, work these kind of cases. Um, you'd be surprised at how many of those cases uh, uh, come about. 
Uh, we have an MOU with Oregon that gives us the ability to work 50 miles into Oregon. We have the same uh, reciprocity with Oregon that gives uh, them to the ability to work 50 miles into Washington. Um, that is to primarily deal with the issues on the Columbia River. Um, but yeah, it, it just kind of explains our authority and some of uh, some of our jurisdiction. So this is our mission statement to protect the natural resources and the public we serve. I like this mission statement because it's simple. And uh, frankly, it's uh, much better than the one that was previous, which was really long. It was like a paragraph. So I really like <laughs> I like this one a lot better. Uh, so uh, anyway, that just tells you that, you know, obviously our main goal is to uh, protect uh, natural resources as well as the public. So uh, obviously public safety takes precedence over everything. And what do we do? Um, some of you may have heard of this, like I said earlier, some of you may not. These are just some pictures that I really like. They're my little collage um, to give you a little intro into what we do. So uh, obviously our primary uh, duty is to enforce the Title 77, which I said is a Fish and Wildlife Code, uh, and conduct compliance checks for recreational hunters, fishers, and shellfishers as well as the commercial side of things, which is at the bottom there. Obviously, like I said, public safety. Um, there's a lot of general crime stuff that I'm going to touch on a little bit that that uh, ends up kind of dovetailing on a lot of fish and wildlife crimes. Um, and uh, sanitary shellfish is another really big one, especially in the commercial marketplaces, as uh, many of you would know. Uh, Title 6930 is a sanitary shellfish, bivalve shellfish, clams, gu uh, gooey duck, oysters, things of that nature that are sold and shipped and everything in the uh, commercial marketplace. And we have regulatory authority over that, um, even though this statute is for Department of Health. Um, so we are essentially a uniformed uh, enforcement branch of Department of Health in that regard. Um Seafood fraud is another big one that we have in the commercial marketplace. And again, we'll touch more on that. Um, and the fishing industry, uh, what I'm going to mention a couple of times here just uh, is that we have these laws in place. And there are a lot of laws. And I will say that some of them are very complicated. But they are all uh they all exist uh, to be able to trace the product back to a lawful source. So everything that we were looking at in terms of paperwork or, you know, um, or, you know, boxes or, or actual product is all to trace it back to the harvest ground to say, was this lawfully harvested in this state, another state or another country? And so when we're regulating the commercial fishing industry, um, sometimes we're doing that from the commercial marketplace. And what I mean by that is I'm looking at the paperwork, trying to see, okay, does this match up with what they say they harvested um, or vice versa? Does the paperwork here, uh, or I'm sorry, does the, uh, when I'm going and contacting the commercial fishermen and they say they sold it over here and I go over there and maybe there's a lot more. Um, so I'm trying to track, trying to do that math to try to figure out exactly what the, uh, the big picture is. Um, and when we're doing these, uh, we have this, like I said, warrantless inspection authority, but that is something that we, uh, we don't wield it haphazardly. It is something, uh, according to state law that we have to do in a 
reasonable time in a reasonable manner. Um, and, and it is very, uh, it, it's outlined very specifically as to what we can look at and um, and the type of entity it is dictates how we can do our inspections. So uh, just touching on that. And why is it important? Um, I think this is uh, this is one of those things that we always have to sit there and ask ourselves because I want to know what I'm doing is is having an impact. Okay, why is it important? Well, it's important because it's worth a lot of money to the state. Um, it protects our resources. Okay, um, it's incredibly complex because it kind of has to be. Okay, we have a lot of entities. We have the uh, federal government. We have state government. We have uh, tribal governments, and we all have to be uh, managers of the resource because if we don't, we can't perpetuate that resource, right? Um, so anytime there's money involved, though, there's going to be that uh, desire in those people that are out there that are going to try to poach, that are going to, frankly, take advantage of the system. And you can see right here, um, like thousands of pounds are exported every day. If you go down to the uh, to the SeaTac airport, it's just amazing how many giant boxes. I mean, it's like towers of boxes that are going out of the state. Um, and it's all Washington product for the most part. Um, we have referred a tremendous number of felonies over the last eight to 10 years um, for uh, commercial cases, things that are trafficking, things that are, you know, closed season areas where people, you know, harvested and, and shipped out um, overseas, shipped out to another state, sold into the retail or into the local markets, um, things like that, that um, a lot of us spend a lot of time working on. Um, but again, that key part at the bottom there, that's, that's highlighted and, uh, and underlined, Regulating the commercial marketplace is key to managing fish and shellfish resource in Washington State. If we don't know what's being harvested, we can't regulate it. And that's what a lot of this stuff comes down to. So marketplace enforcement. I always like some of these pictures because uh kind of tells a story. You see this here. We're going to talk a little bit about this too. Those uh uh those are uh red swamp crawfish that are considered an aquatic invasive species. <clears throat> and uh, um, we find a lot of those in the marketplace. Um, they're incredibly invasive. You can't have them in Washington state lot in a live form. Um, and let's see. Uh, uh, and uh, other ones here, you have the uh, airport. These are the, uh, uh, this is the, uh, some boxes and stuff at the airport uh, that we seized of gooey duck. Uh, these are uh, an officer looking at a lot of uh, salmon that are being, uh, you know, sold in a retail market that aren't labeled. And we'll talk about that. So these are some of the uh, serious fish and wildlife crimes that, uh, that I know I have seen uh, charged in state court. Um, so it gives you an idea of how I told you that some, some of these, other crimes, uh, you know, you'll see dovetailed into fish and wildlife crimes or ancillary to it. And so um, you've even seen, you know, organized crimes uh, and some of the forgery, money laundering. Money laundering seems to, you know, be one that uh, comes up uh, a number of times. Uh, and it's just uh, just seems to uh, 
I don't know if it's because of the uh, uh, the amount of money that's going through these entities that makes it kind of a, a haven for that, but we do see it a number of times. So, uh, you know, uh, these are just, I thought, some interesting uh, uh, videos of some cases that we've had. I know, uh, so you're wondering, well, wait a second, I bought this stuff and it's, uh, and it was so, uh, hold on, let me uh, pause that pull it over onto the screen here. So a lot of times uh, when we're, we're following product, right, that we know to be illegally harvested and we're following that product to a retail market, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, there's just a lot of incentive there because uh, if these people that are going to poach this product uh, aren't paying you know, don't have to pay any of the taxes, don't have to be maybe even a licensed fisherman, you know, they're working outside of season, none of it's documented. So it keeps the fishery open longer, it, it's detrimental to the fishery, but it keeps it open longer. Um, and then that goes into a marketplace that is willing to buy that for a very cheap dollar amount, knowing it's poached, isn't fair to those people that are actually following the rules. And this was one specific case we, uh, we had where these guys, if you notice here, um, well, you may not know what they're doing, but I'll tell you, they're actually harvesting a uh, crab in the middle of the night, which is illegal. It was a closed time and we happened to get lucky and we had a plane up for the state patrol. You can see this plane is 1500 feet in the air and, uh, and they're, uh, pulling up crab pots. Um, that was kind of interesting to me, those kind of things. And I'll go back to the other one here. We actually followed these guys. And here they are putting that crab into the back of a SUV. That SUV was seized for forfeiture. Um, uh, anything used in the commission of a fish and wildlife crime is subject to seizure and forfeiture. Um, we only do that for the most egregious violations. Okay, I mean, that is something that we we reserve for things like this. These guys made a lot of money and poached a lot of product, and that ended up in Washington markets. Um, but we were able to get uh, get charges on them and and uh, and hopefully stop them from doing that in the future. So anyway, move on. This is just a guy that was buying shrimp um, that was sold into uh, poached shrimp that was uh, sold into a marketplace as well. <clears throat> so um, uh, I I urge you to look for businesses with a watch with a wholesale fish buyer's license. Okay, now um, who needs to be licensed in this state? And it's right at the top: a person engaged in the commercial processing, preparing, or preserving, which includes smoking, custom canning, or processing of personal use fish or shellfish. Okay, and. So it's really important because <clears throat> when a fisherman sells a uh, product, okay, when they harvest it, their life buyer department, they harvest that product, they they uh, sell it to a wholesale dealer. That wholesale dealer puts it on a fish ticket. That fish ticket is how we manage the resource. That's how much we, that's how we know how much was harvested in a certain fishery. And that's how we, uh, uh, we know how much can be harvested. Okay, so if if it's off ticket, if it's not on a fish ticket, that makes it 
impossible to manage. Yeah, you're going to overfish that fishery if it continues, and uh, you're going to have serious problems. And uh, you know, and if if that occurred on a on a large scale, you would have a fishery that may or may not recover. Okay, so it's very important that we that we uh, that we get that product on a fish ticket. Uh, that's Washington State law. Uh, in some cases, it's a felony uh, not to do it. And then if it's sold, it becomes a class C or a class B felony, depending on the dollar value. Um, and so <clears throat> that's why I, I urge you, I won't spend a tremendous amount of time on this because uh, you can look this up for yourself. These RCWs are are here. Uh, and uh, But uh, you can always ask the person that is uh, selling the product to you for their wholesale dealer's license. You just ask them for it. Hey, you okay? Take a look at your uh, fish buyer's license, and they're supposed to have it on them. They're supposed to be able to provide you uh, a little imprinter card usually, and if not, they'll have you know another certificate that we give them that maybe they'll have a photocopy of it. But you can ask for it, and I suggest you do that because it doesn't hurt if you've never seen it before. So uh, at a restaurant or a market, and I put these in the same category because restaurant and markets, it's just the, the retail establishment. If you sell directly at retail, uh, this is the information that you have to retain for all the fish and shellfish on hand. Okay. This is RCW 77.15.568. Uh, this is the bread and butter for the retail market in terms of what you have to have when we come in and do our inspection. So you can see invoice must be at the place of business for product on hand. So if you have, you know, 12 gooey duck, I expect to see an invoice for at least 12 gooey duck. Okay. Uh, and they must be in the English language. They must be retained for three years. Uh, and they don't necessarily have to be at the location where they're being uh, sold for the three-year retention piece. Okay. You may not have your office there. Okay, that, that, that's fine, but you at least need to have the invoices for what you have on hand at that facility, okay? Uh, what the information has to be on there. This is very important, okay? Because again, that whole traceability for me to go, where did you buy it? And uh, can I go and check that out from that person and get look at their paperwork and maybe look at fish tickets and try to trace it backwards, and these are the uh, you know name, address, phone number um, of the person you're buying it from, uh, the date of receipt, amount of product, and the species. This is one that is something that is a real problem for some reason. And I'm not, well, sometimes I think it's because people are trying to hide uh, what it is they're buying, but maybe not. Maybe it's just an oversight. Um, but uh uh, we see a lot of times, I always use the, the salmon because that's, a, that's an easy example. The, uh, the king salmon versus, you know, whatever you buy it as Atlantic salmon. If someone just puts salmon on there uh, and then it's sold as, as king salmon or something, obviously that would be a mislabeling and that is a crime. Uh, but sometimes you just get this invoice that doesn't have a, uh, uh, the correct uh, common name. Okay, so, and we'll talk about that in a minute. So, if you have any bivalve shellfish, bivalve shellfish, again, are clams, oysters, you know, gooey duck, things of that nature. Uh, and 
you have to have a Department of Health certification today. This is incredibly important because we will seize the product. We're required under state law to seize the product and destroy it if you do not have your certification tag. That certification tag has to be retained for uh, uh, for 90 days. And um, and if you have a self-serve container that, you know, self-serve to the customers you have, then you have to have the DOH certification tag on the actual uh, self-serve container, okay? Um, for all the other bivalve shellfish that are in the restaurant or restaurant, market, whatever, that you have to have those ready for inspection for 90 days, going backwards 90 days. So uh, these are incredibly important because they tell us um, when, where product was harvested. If there's a closure for things like what we call PSP, paralytic shellfish poisoning, or if there's other types of uh, closures that will negatively affect people's health, then um, those are things, this is how we trace that product backwards uh, to go, you need to destroy this, okay? Um, and this is incredibly important because you can die from paralytic shellfish poisoning, okay? So it's not something that, you know, we want to mess around with when it comes to being able to trace bivalve shellfish back to the harvest ground. So these are incredibly important to retain uh, and only buy, only buy bivalve shellfish that have this tag on them. Uh, this is some that comes up. Uh, it's coming up less and less these days, it seems like, but yeah, you know, I, I want to put it in here. Uh, is that you can't possess uh, you can't possess sport caught fish and shellfish in commercial markets. Okay. Um if it's there and you don't have any paperwork for it, or it's someone that you know, maybe uh, uh, an employee of yours went out fishing and decided to store his fish in your, you know, freezer or your refrigerator at the restaurant or market or something like that, that's going to be a significant problem. So please don't do that. Um, mislabeling, falsely labeling seafood. Um, sometimes it's a mistake. And that's why I use, that's why the title is mislabeled. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just we're going to try to get, uh, try to sell our Atlantic salmon as king salmon or something like that. Okay, that that happens too. Okay, um, but sometimes that's a mistake. Okay, and uh, uh, and I understand that, but it is a crime. Uh, so if something is not labeled correctly under Washington state law, it's depending on what the value of that is. It can be a misdemeanor all the way up to a felony, depending on the dollar value. Um, so it's incredibly important that any uh, anything that you sell, offer to sell to your customers, that it is labeled correctly uh, with the uh, uh, common name. And we'll go over, over that in a second here with the list that we provide. Salmon, you have to call the salmon species these. Okay, there's you can't just call it salmon, you got to call it whatever species it is it's Chinook, Coho, Chum, Kita, um, Halibut, same thing. So, um, and then if it's under Washington state law, if you're selling it in the, in the marketplace and you just don't know what it, you know, you get this invoice that, that lists it out as a, uh, I don't know, let's say I'm going to click on this. This is the seafood list for FDA's guide. And I'm going to bring that up to here. 
Okay. So if someone sells you, let's just go, uh, let's say someone says it's sea bass. Okay. Um, you click in here and you can have access. This is on the internet. Okay. And it's in Washington state law that uh, if it's not that salmon or halibut, okay, you're going to go and look at this and you're going to type in whatever it is. Like, okay, someone's calling a sea bass. Well, let me look on the invoice because the invoice should have this common name. And if it doesn't, you want to find out what that is. You contact the vendor, say, listen, all it said was sea bass. I need to know what it really is here. Because Washington State law requires that you have the common name. So one of these. So you type in sea bass. Is the, it says acceptable market name. But our Washington State law, you have to have the common name. So we're going to type in what that acceptable market name is on this title here. And then you're going to have to use one of these depending on what it is. And that is what you're going to put on your uh, you know, advertisement for the product. So and that is this link here. It's called the Seafood List, FDA's Guide to Acceptable Market Names for Seafood Sold in Interstate Commerce. If you just if you just search that in Google, Seafood List, FDA's Guide, you'll come up with that search engine, okay? And that's if you just don't know what that product is, okay? And what you, that's how you know what you're going to live, what you're going to uh, um, advertise that as. So shark fin and gooey duck, uh, it's... Uh, both are uh, very high dollar value items. Um, shark fin is illegal to sell in the markets, period. Okay. Um, you can't sell, you can't offer to sell, purchase, exchange, whatever, any shark fin. It's becoming less and less of a issue these days um, because this law has been a law for so long. Um, but, uh, we do occasionally find it in the marketplace. Uh, aquatic invasive species, also known as non-native aquatic species. Uh, these are, this is product that, uh, frankly has, if got, if it gets loose, it, uh, someone releases it into, you know, our local waters that can cause a tremendous amount of damage. Okay, and that is why some of these are illegal to possess, even in a restaurant or a marketplace in a live form that is designed for human consumption. I get it, but it is illegal to possess in Washington State uh, in a live form, like bullfrogs, for example, or red swamp crawfish. And I use these two examples because we have made a number of cases off of these uh, species um and uh illegal these are some other ones turtles they come up a lot in uh different restaurants um and primarily the florida soft shell turtle um that one is something that's come up a lot over the years and it is illegal because uh in a live form because these get out in the uh in our waters they can again do a tremendous amount of damage uh to various habitats uh, wild game meat. As you can see, it's illegal to buy or sell wild game meat here unless it's from an out-of-state farm. Okay, so um, something to be look on, on the lookout for. You can see here these are the RCWs that talk about it. I just wanted to mention it real quick. And 
just to give you an idea of what an inspection uh, looks like here, um, we we did a, a video uh, uh, a few years ago, and this is a inspection. I'm sorry, you have to look at the guy in the video here, but uh, uh, this is something to give you an idea of what an inspection looks like here. Sergeant Eric Olson with Washington State Fish and Wildlife Police. Fish and Wildlife officers are tasked with regulating the harvest, the delivery, and the sale of fish and shellfish in Washington State. We conduct inspections at every point to ensure that the product is harvested lawfully, that it's accurately labeled, lawfully possessed, and most importantly, that it's safe for human consumption. I'm here at Iconic Pike Place Fish Market, and I'm going to be looking at the paperwork to determine where the product was obtained. So let's go do the inspection. Hey, morning. Morning. How are you doing? Great, great. Well, I'm just here to do a quick inspection, Chris. So okay. uh, I see you got some Dungeness crab here. Mm -hmm. Local okay. Marco. Yeah. Excellent. And I see you got some uh, salmon over here. You got yeah. king salmon. Yeah, come on in. Yeah. Wild king just put that in today. Okay. Got, got a teeny great ahi tuna, scallop, shrimp. You name it. Awesome. Okay. If we can walk around this way, I see sure. some other stuff here I want to look at. Okay, you got rockfish, you got true cod, link cod, and you have your clam. That's great. And I see you even have your uh, health certification tags here. This is great. So some of the things I'm looking for here are, first of all, where it was harvested uh, and when it was harvested, uh, what was harvested, and the number on here so I can, so I can go back and look at that company and determine um, uh, whether or not this was uh, a location that was uh, open for harvest and is safe for human consumption. This is, and I appreciate that, those need to be displayed at the point of sale uh, and need to be retained for 90 days. So this is really good. So now I'll take a look at your paperwork for all the other stuff here. Paperwork, please. Paperwork, please. I'm keeping up that one. Pick this stuff up this morning. Okay. Thank you. you so every retail establishment is required to maintain paperwork and that paperwork needs to be retained for up to three years. And things I'm looking for here are, first of all, uh, who was purchased from, how much was purchased, the species, that's a really important one. Uh, and it looks like everything is in order here and documents all the stuff that we just talked about here. Okay, I'm gonna hand this back to you. Okay, and we're good to go. All right. Thank Excellent. you very much. Sir. You're very welcome, man. Have hey, a great take day. it easy. We just conducted a retail fish market inspection. A vital piece of that is the paperwork. That paperwork must be retained for three years, must be in the English language, must include the amount of fish or shellfish that was purchased, from whom it was purchased, as well as an address and a phone number, and it must, must detail the species of fish or shellfish that was purchased. Now, this is all pursuant to Washington State Law, RCW 77.15.568. This can also give you a lot more information on our website, which is wdfw.wa.gov.
<clears throat> so that's just a, a project that we uh, we did a, a while back just to try to help out the uh, uh, the marketplace uh, for people to understand exactly uh, how an inspection is done and the fact that it's uh, it's not a, it's not a huge deal. This is it should be a pretty easy um, <clears throat> pretty easy experience. All right, so I just wanted to recap um, just seven things here because I'm trying to keep things uh, uh, simple uh, because I understand mistakes happen. Uh, you know, and those aren't the people that we're we're trying to educate. We're we're not trying to to punish anyone. Okay, we're trying to educate. Uh, and I understand when uh, mistakes happen, but uh, uh, really, I want people to at least try. You know, try try to follow the law. Okay, and one only buy fish and shellfish from licensed dealers. Okay, um, that's important. Um, retain your invoices for three years for all fish and shellfish purchases. Um, retain your DOH certification tags for all your bivalve shellfish for 90 days. Do not purchase or store sport caught fish or shellfish at your retail establishment. I label all fish and shellfish correctly. That's the species we keep talking about. It's just the reason I keep emphasizing that because it seems to be the most common violation. Um, and sometimes, most of the time, it's not intentional, but it is important. Um, and do not deal in aquatic invasive species. Um, if you're unsure, uh, check out our website um, or just give me a call, frankly. Okay. Uh, shark fin, illegal, illegal to possess in all process forms. That's canned, that's everything. Okay. So, um, if you see anything, anything, if somebody tries to knock on your back door to uh, to sell you something that you just don't think is right, okay? I mean, maybe uh, crab, Dungeons Crab goes for five bucks a pound and this guy's selling you Dungeons Crab for $1 crab or something like that. Please give me a call. Please, please. I can't say I'm going to keep you confidential, uh, but I will do my best to. Okay, uh, under Washington state law, there's a lot of public disclosure requestings that I just can't, I can't assure you of confidentiality, but I will do everything I can to, to keep your name out of things. Um, and this is incredibly important. You are a big piece to successfully managing the fish and wildlife resource of Washington state. You are, you may not think you are, but when, when you're the person purchasing this product, you have a tremendous amount of influence over what happens in those fisheries, okay? And so I just need you to remember that. And please, if you ever uh, uh, see anything you need to uh, uh, tell me about, I would greatly appreciate it. Or if you have any questions, there's all my contact information. So uh, with that, I will stop sharing here. Yeah, we'll go ahead and open this up for questions. If anybody in the audience has a question, go ahead and type it into the Q&A. And while we're waiting, um, I have a question. Does you have to keep your invoices on hand for three years? Can you store them digitally or do they have to be the original hard copies? The law doesn't specify. So, yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> so, if it doesn't <laughs> specify, then I have to go with whatever... Uh, you know, whatever uh, uh, you're going to provide me, which is great. It can be digital. A lot of times that's what it is. They'll say, oh, it's right here. And and they'll pull it up on their computer. And I'll say, okay, can you email that to me? And so they'll just 
or print it off for me or something like that. So Wonderful. good question though. Um, well, while we're waiting, do you have any more, any final notes, uh, anything you'd want to just make sure everybody knows for sure? Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to introduce Mr. Thomas Knoll too. I already introduced, well, actually, I guess I didn't, I introduced the captain earlier, but Thomas Knoll is our in-house counsel. Um, and I don't know if you want to put your uh, camera on there, Thomas, just to say hi there and Leave it, everyone. There you go. Always in a suit. Always Hello. looking very nice. Hello. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 in role. I have to be an attorney in a suit. <laughs> okay. But yes, Thomas is. Uh, you get a lot of this stuff, and as I said, I try to keep it very simple on a lot of these things. Um, but it is. It, it can be incredibly complex. Okay, and and I understand that. There's just a lot of rules. Anytime you deal with where uh, money is is you know what the incentive is right when you're harvesting something you're going to sell it you're going to try to harvest as much can to get as much money as you can right and when money is the incentive um it there are there has to be a lot of rules okay and because when you have to manage a fishery to the extent that uh that we do to make sure that you don't overfish it it just it can be complex okay but i recognize that uh which is why i'm here to help hopefully and uh, sometimes questions come up as, you know, as people experience things, right? They don't, they, they're like, oh, I get this. Oh, wait, I didn't think about this. Okay, now I'm going to look the law up, which is, it's fine. Okay. But I need people to educate themselves a lot of times when it comes to this stuff. Um, at least to know that, hey, I need to, I need to look this, look into this a little more, right? And start researching some of the laws. We have a couple of questions that have come in. Yep. Uh, first one, can I call it steelhead salmon on the menu? Yes, that's what it is. Okay. Uh, the next one is, why is shark fin illegal? <laughs> uh, let's see here. This was many years ago um, where uh, we had a big push on, especially the West Coast, um, because uh, a number of... Uh, uh, fisheries. I don't think I don't think a lot of them were U.S. fisheries, but there was a lot of fisheries where they where they would fin sharks. And what they would do is they'd they'd catch the sharks. They would cut the fins off, all the fins off, and then they would dump the shark back in the water alive. And and that was the standard practice. And that got out, and because um, it was a lot of wastage, just a tremendous amount of wastage. A lot of videos. I've seen a video of of just thousands of sharks that are just brought into um, processing plants that cut their fins off and then they discard the rest of the shark and uh, became quite the push. And so um, to make it illegal and uh, became illegal up and down the West coast, um, which was good. It was a good thing um, uh, because it was becoming quite the uh, prevalent fishery that was incredibly wasteful and, a bit barbaric in some eyes and shark fins don't grow back i'm assuming no no yeah they just <laughs> yeah. i could have showed you that video but uh i only have a certain amount of time so uh. <laughs> okay do i need to keep tags for iqf frozen bivalves frozen proportion seafood yeah so yes you do 
And I noticed she had shark fin and gooey duck on the same slide. Was there something special that we needed to know about gooey duck? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, when I read that, I went, oh, I meant to put some stuff about gooey duck in there and I didn't. So that was a, a, a bit of a typo there. Um, but I was trying to talk about the fact that uh, gooey duck is, is highly, it's the most, I'd say it's the most valuable um, fish and shellfish product seafood product in Washington state that's product of Washington and it's one of those things that is you don't find a tremendous amount of gooey duck in the Washington markets okay because Washington markets essentially can't afford it okay you're going to get way more for your bank for your buck uh by selling it overseas because overseas for uh very high quality gooey duck that being number one gooey duck you're going to get you know upwards of 100 150 dollars a pound for gooey duck overseas you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to sell that in washington for 100 150 dollars a pound so uh so you don't see a tremendous amount of it in the marketplace and uh what i was trying to get at was the uh or what i wanted to put in there and i recalled it as i read it and went oh man okay, i didn't mean to take that off but it was uh that if you see uh, a lot of these number one gooey duck, these, you know, in the marketplace, I'd, I'd like to know that I'd like to see where those are at, especially if they're wild. Okay, because that's, uh, um, that's going to give you the biggest uh, uh, dollar value there. So that's what I was going to get at. And then I realized I never wrote it in. So, <laughs> so it's just on the title and uh, forgot to get off. So are there any different documents needed when purchasing seafood from the local tribes? Uh, no, same things, uh, same things apply invoices, you know, if you're going to get, um, if you're going to buy it from the, from any entity, okay, you just have to retain those invoices. If they're not going to give you an invoice, then don't buy it. I mean, it's just, you have to have an invoice. I have to be able to know what that product was. Okay. Where did you get it from? Because like I said, it's all about traceability. All of it is about traceability. And if I can't trace it back to, in this case, the example, the tribe, okay, I can go to the tribe and and they can tell me, oh yeah, such and such caught it. It was from this fishery. Yeah, it was open and good to go. All right. Um, uh, This uh, comment, uh, he said that IQF tags don't come from seafood purveyors. They only come with the fresh bivalves. Yeah, oh, Oh, you're talking. Okay. I know what, I know what we're talking about now. Um, so you're just talking about like the clams that come like maybe vacuum sealed or something like that. Is that what I'm in? Yeah. Just keep, keep the, the packaging. Okay. If you take them out of that packaging, keep the packaging. Okay. For that time period. I understand what you're talking about now. Sorry. I misunderstood that. Um, yeah. Keep that packaging. Cause they're not going to come with a cert tag or anything, uh, but if you don't take them out of there, then yeah, you don't need anything else with it. All right. Well, Lieutenant Olson, thank you so much for thank this you. information. This is very important. Um, hopefully we'll keep our ecosystem safe with, with all this information. Um, once again, this will be up on our website later on today or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to check there and we will have the presenta presentation slides to go with it. So if you need uh, Lieutenant Olson's contact information that's on there and also a link to the FDA seafood list.
thank you very much. And you have a great day. Thank you, too. Thank you for the invite. And I appreciate your time. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Washington Hospitality Industry Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, wahospitality.org, where you can learn more about the restaurant and lodging industries and the Washington Hospitality Association. Be sure to subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Thank you so much for that effort. Until next time.